This is VLX number 43, Jesus Cleanses a Leper. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. God give you his peace. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. God, our Lord, we ask the grace that all of our intentions, actions, and operations be directed purely to the service and praise of your divine majesty. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Thus are the words of the Holy Gospel. Now, there's some astonishing things in today's short gospel, but I want to give you the cliff notes to put on the back burner just to get the plot down on this. So real basic is Christ is coming down a mountain, a very large crowd is following him, and a leper approaches and says, if you want, you can heal me. He does and sends him to the temple. Now, even the least important part at the end of this, by the way, is still very important. So let's go in reverse chronological order to finish on the most important at the beginning. So remember, at the end there, after healing the leper, Jesus sends that now healed leper to the temple priest saying, Go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Why did he do this? Father Lapide gives us three reasons. Number one, this consists of an uncovering and an ocular inspection of his body and his limbs, which the priests carried out. And if they saw that he was indeed healed, they accepted his gift as a thank offering to God, but if not, they refused it. Reason number two, they applied to him the washing or the expiation prescribed in Leviticus 14, which was a ceremony of the law removing the legal irregularity which had been contracted by the uncleanness of leprosy and restoring the man cleansed from leprosy to the fellowship of men, and also to the temple and the sacrifices, so that the man now clean could participate freely in them with others. And number three, that they, they the priests of the temple, that they might acknowledge Christ to be the Messiah, or else certainly convicted by this testimony and inexcusable, they might be condemned for their disbelief. Now, I spoke today to a family that just got over coronavirus. It sounded quite a bit more painful for the mom than the teenage daughters. It's not fun, and there are people out there who've died of it. God rest their souls. But listen to what leprosy did to anybody who caught it. Quote, The face is disfigured, the hair falls off, the nostrils are enlarged, the bones are eaten away, and the tongue swells. The breath smells, in short, every kind of disease, and all their symptoms are found as the accompaniment of leprosy. Physicians teach that it may be classified as an elephantine disease and incurable. Not only was Jesus not afraid of this, but listen to these astonishing lines from Father Lapide. And so Christ, in his passion, assumed the appearance of a leper, that he might take upon himself and heal the leprosy of souls. Therefore, Isaiah says, 53, 4-5, Surely he hath borne our infirmities and carried our sorrows, and we have thought him as it were a leper and is one struck by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our iniquities, he was bruised for our sins. That's something I never knew, that Jesus' skin was so scraped off at the scourging at the pillar, he would have looked like a leper. 
Jesus purposefully submitted to this, according to Father Lapide. Right there is something you can meditate on all day in love of what Christ did for you and me if you're using this series for prayer. And one last thing on leprosy to see how the church fathers saw today's pericope from the Bible. Quote, Tropologically, leprosy signifies mortal sin, especially that which is contagious, such as heresy, first of all, because of its extreme foulness and infectious nature. Hence, the healing of leprosy is the symbol of the sacrament of penance and of sacramental confession, whereby sins are forgiven. St. John Chrysostom teaches that the office of Christian priests is far more powerful and excellent than was that of the Aaronic priesthood, because to these latter it was not given to heal leprosy, but only to declare that it was healed, whilst to the former it is granted not merely to declare that sins are forgiven, but really to cure and absolve them. Now that we have a few background things, let's start at the beginning of today's pericope. First of all, we often miss what we are all used to in the gospel and we find boring, but that's actually important for the visualization. It says here that Jesus was coming down from a mountain and great crowds were following him. So I would put that in your mind today, even though that seems like a kind of a boring detail that's actually pretty important. Jesus is coming down from a mountain and there's great crowds following him. And then amidst this crowd, a leper intercepts Jesus. Father Lapide says Jesus was perhaps halfway up the mountain on his way down. Others think he was already at the bottom near a city. But either way, Father Lapide says, quote, Some think that the Levitical law only forbade lepers from living in towns, but not their passing through them, end quote. In other words, if Jesus were already at the bottom and in the city, this leper may have hightailed it to him knowing he had to exit pretty quickly. Why? Because the people wouldn't want him around. He'd have to go get this healing pretty quickly. Either way, with a crowd there and how lepers were treated by, by people, the leper probably knew he had to move fast before they, say, scream at him or throw rocks at him to get them away from him. But Jesus isn't afraid of such a disease. Now, here's what I find so amazing about his request to Jesus. Let's compare this briefly to other requests that we may see in the Bible. Think of Mark chapter 9. There's a father of a boy. This boy is so possessed, the boy's throwing himself into fires. And the father says to Jesus, Quote, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, quote, I believe, help my unbelief, end quote. Now that's a great prayer. I've prayed it many times myself. I believe, help my unbelief. But in that is this assertion. It's almost like saying this, hey, I've got 50% faith and can you please make up the other 50%? Again, it's a fine prayer. It's like the father of that boy knows there's only going to be that healing if there's a connection between 100% faith in his heart and 100% power on God's part. And he's got the belief in God's power, but he's not really sure of his own faith. But today's leper is even more trusting. He doesn't just say something like, I believe, help my unbelief. He just says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Notice there's nothing subjective about his request. There's nothing self-referential except the disease. It's all God in his question. The words in Greek there for if you will it, the main word there in Greek is the second person of that verb, and it's theles, which if you put the word e-a-n, ain, in front of it, ain is if, you can translate it roughly as if you want, if you desire, if you will. So he's saying, If you want, you can cleanse me. If you want, you can cleanse me. I already know you can, and you know what I want, but I trust your infinite power. 
It's even more powerful than, say, I believe, help my unbelief. Because today's leper, it's almost like he's saying, Jesus, you're the only factor because I already have 100% faith in you. If you will it, I'm immediately healed. If not, I stand no chance of beating this leprosy anyway. And even if not, I already know you're God. And how do we know the leper believes Jesus is not, say, just a prophet? But why does he think that Jesus is God himself? Because even before asking anything, the leper fell on his face in adoration of Jesus. The Dewey Rhymes Bible is a better translation of what I read you today. Dewey Rhymes says, a leper came and adored him. That's from the Latin adorabat. This exact same account in Luke's Gospel has the Greek peson epiprosopon. Peson is falling, epi, like epidermis, upon, and prosopon, many of you know that means face. Peson epiprosopon, which literally means the leper fell on his face in adoration before Jesus. But again, how did the leper know Jesus was God? Father Lapide answers simply, quote, This leper therefore had faith in Christ's divinity, partly from his inward illumination and inspiration, and partly from Christ's miracles, several of which Christ had already performed in this first year of his preaching, end quote. One thing you may notice in your own life is that those who suffer the most have the most pronounced inward illuminations on spiritual things, the most important being, of course, the divinity of Christ, the Blessed Trinity. But the main thing I found amazing about today's line was the simplicity of, if you want, you can make me clean. As if Jesus is the only factor. Because again, the leper didn't have to say, I believe, help my unbelief. Nope. He's a 100% faith in the power of God. He just doesn't know if he's worthy yet. In fact, check this out. If you look closely, the leper doesn't even ask to be healed. Did you notice that? He leaves that up to Jesus. Lord, if you will you can make me clean. There's nothing self-referential except the disease itself. And then what happens? Christ doesn't need to draw anything more out of him like he did, say, the father of the possessed boy. He doesn't have to draw any more faith out of him. Christ responds in words of infinite tenderness and utter simplicity, I will it be clean. In fact, those four words I just gave you in English, it's only two in Greek. It's only two in Latin. Volo mundare. Those two words are two sentences. Volo mundare. Instantaneous power and tenderness and healing happen at his hands today. And we're going to see many more miracles soon in this VLX series. Father Lapide says, quote, And forthwith his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately the man was cleansed from his leprosy, as the Arabic translation puts it, end quote. Father Lapide continues, quote, There was no interval between Christ's command and its fulfillment. He spoke and all things were made, as in Genesis 1. His will is omnipotent and therefore is his omnipotence itself. Now, did you catch that? Father Lapide is basically saying that since Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, when he said, let there be light before all of time, he said that just as much as God the Father did. And what was the interval of time when God said, let there be stars, and then there were stars? There was no lag time. It was instantaneous. There was no waiting between God saying, let there be light, and the universe being filled with light. So also today, when Jesus kicks the leprosy out, there's no lag time. The healing is immediate because Christ is God and God willed it. And God's will is instantaneous because it's omnipotence itself. But how wonderful that the leper adored him as God even before he knew if he was going to be worthy of that miracle. And as I said, the leper left it up to Jesus' omnipotence as God, not his own emotions on how hard it was, uh, say, to live as a leper for so, so many years or his whole life or whatever. Just this, 
Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. Timestamp. Now, I give this timestamp before we begin the imaginative way of prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola and St. Teresa of Avila. It's always on the same pericope. Pericope just means section of the Bible there. And, you know, the method of St. Ignatius of Loyola and St. Teresa of Avila, if you're just joining the series, you might at first find it, say, a little bit flowery or sappy or emotional. But what I want you to know is the use of the imagination is directly from these great saints, Ignatius of Loyola and Teresa of Avila. So what I'm about to guide you in, uh, whether you like it or not, you might want to go back to VLX number two. If you like it, VLX number two is going to tell you how to get deeper into this. And if you don't like it, it's going to give you an apologetic or a defense of why the saints wanted us to be so immersed in our imagination. They believe that if we take care of the part of the imagination of humanity, God will give us graces of union with him, provided we set this up uh, in, in prayer. And even though sometimes I say timestamp and I just have the imaginative people go forward from there, I think you're going to start noticing in the future, if you just listen to the whole shebang, it's going to be better for both those who do the apophatic way of prayer, St. Bruno at the first half, and St. Teresa of Avila at the second half. But I have to admit, here at Matthew chapter 8 forward, this is where it's going to get good in the imaginative way of prayer of Ignatius of Loyola and Teresa of Avila, because now that we're done with the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to have a lot of different backgrounds to set up for the imaginative prayer. A lot of miracles, a lot of interactions. So I think this is where it gets really good. I think if somebody had asked me what the background was when Jesus healed a leper, I would have no remembrance of the fact that there was a mountain and a big crowd. So that's important. Now, you can set this up any way you want in your imagination, but I'm going to suggest today that you be the leper himself, coming not down the mountain with everyone else, but going up the mountain, intercepting Jesus at the foot of that mountain. Whatever that mountain was around Jerusalem, we probably just call it a foothill here in Colorado. It wasn't a 14er. So maybe in your prayer, just picture Jesus getting to the bottom of that foothill as you meet him. But you see everyone behind him kind of slow down when they see you coming the opposite direction. Why? Because they're afraid of you since you have leprosy. But you don't care because you're headed to Jesus. And you meet up with Jesus. And Jesus looks at you. He's not afraid of you. And you fall to the ground adoring him just like it says in the Bible today. And still on your knees, you look up, seeing Jesus right in the eyes. Now what would you personally ask to be healed of? Think of things physical or spiritual. This is the conversation part of today's prayer. And then you look Jesus in the eyes and you say, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus smiles at you. It's not a big game show host smile, but it's not also kind of a mild dopey smile. It's just a tender smile. And Christ simply says, I will it be clean. He says, I will it be clean, looking at you, but also at the same moment, putting his hand on your head, and immediately you feel the leprosy leave you. Please say an Our Father for me, et benedictio Dei omnipotentis, Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti, descendet super vos et maniat semper. Amen. <laughs>